Hi, I'm Glenn. And I'm Jim. And welcome to the Backstage Show. This week on the Backstage Show, we'll be continuing from last week on the Backstage Show, where we were discussing the audience experience. The audience experience. Yes, indeed. And when when we last left you, uh, we had gotten our tickets, and we were en route to the theater. Ah, yes. We're inside. Well, you know what? We might not be quite in the theater yet, because we didn't talk about the parking experience. Ah, yes. That's always a joy at community theaters, and I use that term... (laughs) Uh, Very sarcastically. <laughs> sarcastically, incorrectly, <laughs> however you'd like to put it, because usually, well, not, not not all the time, but often parking at community theaters is a little bit of a pain in the butt. Well, it depends on what facilities they have available, and frequently, depending on what building they're operating from, mm-hmm. that may be a luxury to have its own parking. Yeah, there are not a lot of theaters that have their own parking lot there, because a lot of them, I, I would say the vast, vast majority of community theaters were not the buildings were not originally intended for that use. No, they were old barns frequently or funeral homes yeah. or uh, odd fellows da- halls. Yeah, right. So dairies, were you gonna say dairies? Dairy barn. Dairy that's barn. what uh village players was originally. Uh, okay. So yeah, the those types of properties weren't necessarily conducive towards having a hundred plus patrons come in yeah. all at the same time and, and park and their park vehicles their vehicles their so. internal combustion horseless carriages <laughs> yes uh uh-huh <laughs> whatever you say Hoss. <laughs> so a lot of them will lease out parking lots nearby or have some sort of agreements with a, a nearby business that has a parking lot a business maybe a church that mm-hmm. isn't necessarily going to be using needing to use their parking yeah. lot at the same time exactly churches are very frequent there are some that have on-site parking facilities, but a lot of times it's like their front lawn or a gravel lot or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that's probably about the most you can expect, mm-hmm. and that could potentially be a little bit dicey depending on the weather. Yeah, absolutely. I know like the barn has parking that's uh, done on their front lawn. Uh, there is some gravel there, but right, I would right. say half the spots. I mean, you can park in the street. Uh, yeah, adjacent. I mean, they're adjacent street yeah. parking. But, but you- there's definitely some mud risk. Yeah, if you're, if you're going to park on their grass, then yeah, especially because I think in that case you have to go down a hill and I think there the could downhill, be some ponding going on. I want to say the downhill area is just for people involved with the show. That could be true. Yeah, yeah that might be a place where they're specifically allowed to park. Mm-hmm. If and not and on I the think they encourage patrons to park, you know, in the graveled area or on the street. But I think. as but as far as uh, street parking goes, there may be restrictions on that depending on the neighborhoods surrounding the exactly. theater. Exactly, you have to be careful with that cuz uh Forge Theater for example is in the middle of Phoenixville and there's a lot in a residential On a area. residential street. Yeah, and they have basically they call it their good neighbor policy where don't, don't park on 1st Avenue. Exactly. But I guess there's nothing saying you can't park on 2nd Avenue. <laughs> Even though that's also a residential street. Right. But then you got a long walk. So. Well, now you have to walk over a block. Yeah. But regardless, a block in the other direction is their church lot, which they do have an agreement that with. That they have that an church. agreement with. So, yeah. I mean, that's another situation where you can either call the theater and try and ask, or you can most likely go online, check their they website. They usually tell what the policy is on their website. Yep. But a church parking lot, though, might be a problem for, say, a matinee performance, depending on the schedule of the services at the church. 
True. There could be if overlap. It's a, if it's a Sunday matinee or a, yeah, exactly. a church holding services on a Saturday or a wedding, or any, you never know what might happen. That's a possibility, too. So sometimes there could be conflicts there. So basically what we're saying is walk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Take mass transit, which yes. I'm sure is very likely to arrive at a station very close to the theater. Yes, I'm assuming that's also sarcasm. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Most definitely. Because yeah. as we're aware, a lot of these theaters are kind of in more outlying areas that are likely to not be served by commuter mm. rail. Yeah, we didn't even like uh, put notes on it about this, but particularly if you're coming in as a patron, sometimes these theaters are difficult to find. So yeah. you want to do your best to do your research ahead of time, find out their addresses, see if you can get them on GPS. Absolutely. Find directions to the place and find out where they recommend that you park. Yeah, because I know meeting people sometimes at auditions for shows They'll be like, oh, I, I've been living here for years, or I've come by here so many times, I had no idea this was a theater, I had no idea there was a theater here. They are, they're well hidden, often. I was just thinking, though, that Village Players of Hatboro is actually possibly one of the places that you could commute to by rail, because the Hatboro mm-hmm. train station is maybe a few blocks away. It's not the shortest walk, it's yeah. probably a a good 10-minute walk to get to the theater from the station, but think, it is uh, doable. Berwyn Footlighters, I think, is doable. I oh, think yeah, that's true. They're pretty close to the Berwyn station yeah. uh, of SEPTA. So, I mean, there's certainly possibilities. I mean, there's also bus routes and yeah, things like that. But, the- I mean, generally speaking, it's it's usually difficult to get to community theaters. Some theaters closer, say, to the city or maybe in the, the outer sure, portions of the city are probably a little bit easier, like maybe, mm-hmm. say, Allen's Lane Theater, for instance. Stagecrafters. Yeah, in Chestnut mm-hmm. Hill, yeah, yep. there are two. There are actually two sta- mm-hmm. two lines that go to yeah. that. I could go into a whole history of that. Why <laughs> there that is the case that there are actually two different Chestnut Hill lines. But that's another episode. Yeah, <laughs> or not. Yeah. So now you've managed to get there. You've parked your car. You have your tickets. You're ready to see a show, and you enter the building. Well, wait, we what? forgot about the lobby. Well, that's part of the building. Oh, usually. Sorry, misheard. I was thinking <laughs> enter the theater. No, but enter the, the building. Yeah, but you usually get your tickets inside the building. It's not like a walk-up kiosk or... Well, uh, actually, frequ- Barley Sheaf has a window that in nice weather, sometimes they'll open up. It happens. Yeah, okay. Stagecrafters okay. is, I believe, outside. And oh. you have to... Their entrance to the theater is directly from outside. But so they have a lobby. Downstairs in a different area of the building. But it's tied right to the back of the house. Tied to the back of the house, not tied to the seating area. No, it's tied to the seating area. To the best of my recollection, there is a staircase outside the theater that you go up, you enter that staircase, and you're in the seating area. That is okay. how I've entered there. Okay, well, they then... have a separate playing space downstairs, and that's also where they serve refreshments and such. The ticketing uh, is done like at a window that's there that you walk up to outside. And I mean, I even went up in the rain. There's like a big, a big canopy over that staircase. Am I thinking of Playcrafters? You're thinking of Playcrafters. Stagecrafters uh, has a lobby, and you can directly enter the house from the yeah, lobby. Yeah, that's Stagecrafters. Right you're absolutely right. But you are right in that Playcrafters, Playcrafters has exactly what you talked about. It has an awning-covered yes. opening with the ticket that's check-in That's what I meant. Point. And I'm sure and everybody that's, that was listening to this is going, <laughs> no, Playcrafters! Playcrafters! You really confused the hell out of me, Glenn. I confuse myself often, but... Uh, but you are yeah. correct. Yes, exactly. They do have... Well, they have a couple different entrances. They have the awning-covered stairway... Yes. ...right adjacent to that booth that we just talked about. Or mm-hmm. you can go around the other side for a handicapped, accessible entrance that is a ramp, but it's basically just on... It's like a brick-covered walkway on the lawn, mm-hmm. more or less, and you can get to the handicapped, accessible entrance on the other side of the house from there. Okay. 
And point, yes, point the, being. <laughs> the lobby, like you said, is below is on yes. the level below the stage. Yes. So all that is exactly what you said, except <laughs> the wrong theater. I would edit that, but what's the point? I made a mistake. <laughs> it's I funny. do I, I do that with playcrafters and stagecrafters all the time. And I and there's also like there's more there's a Berwin Footlighters and then there's a Footlighters, I think, in southern New Jersey. Oh. Could be true. I'm yeah, not familiar so with the foot, other one. There's a, there's more than one footlighter. I've been in to the area. Berlin one, but not the one in New Jersey. Yeah, I don't think I have either. But <laughs> at any rate, Playcrafters does anyway. not have a regional rail station nearby. It. No, no, it does not. <laughs> well, they're in uh, uh, Skipback. Skipback. Thank you. So that would be a long walk from. It would be a long walk. Probably but it's a very Lansdale. Nice, it's a very nice town to kind of walk around in, and yeah, close it is. to the theater that you can. Uh, well, and they have a gravel driveway there. immediately around the theater, but mm-hmm. they frequently have to rely on overflow parking from the businesses across the street. Yeah. So you walk into the building. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Usually and enter yes. the lobby. That's yes. most often. And the lobby is a frequent place of congregation. Maybe not so much before the show because most people there before the show are probably waiting in line to get their tickets, but... During intermission, it's mm-hmm. a frequent congregation place because people are waiting in line to use the bathroom. Yeah, the bathroom, or they'll have concessions there often, and you can get yourself a, a cup of coffee and a cookie. Yeah, and different theaters have different policies related to whether they sell concessions mm-hmm. or they're free, but they like oh, yeah, donations. donations yeah. Kind of a pay, pay what you will mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if you're going to partake, or they'll frequently have complimentary something, coffee, whatever. Yeah. And there are some theaters that do like an opening night special thing where they'll do like a wine and cheese yeah, thing on opening night. Yeah, which, which is, is usually donations, not necessarily buying, because they mm-hmm. probably can't sell that stuff because you'd need a liquor license Exactly. For that. I, I do not know of any community theaters that actually have a liquor license. I know there was, uh, depending on the theater, they'll be like, oh, no, we can't do the wine and cheese thing because we can't see serve alcohol. But then it's like, well, if you're giving it away, you're not technically serving it. I don't know. Yeah. So I don't know what the liability with that is. I don't know either, but I'm sure you still have to be careful about making sure you don't serve to underage folks. This is true. But it's it's frequently the case where a lot of people, you know, say the stage manager, isn't always entirely sure, say, how long the intermission is going to take because it's usually dependent upon how long the lines to the bathroom are yeah. in the lobby. They always say 15-minute intermission. Well, not always, but most often it's a 15-minute intermission, but that may or may not get longer. <laughs> never seen it get shorter. I think some... St- Theaters make it a point to just say there will now be a brief intermission mm-hmm. because they're going to be deliberately vague on exactly how long it's going to be. This is true. And I know, actually, I've been involved with some productions where you're holding the curtain at the beginning of the show for like 10 minutes. So they're trying to like take that time out of intermission or at least uh, shave I, it off a few minutes. I find that's usually not the case. If they hold the house mm-hmm. in the beginning, then everything just is pushed back 10 minutes. Yeah, I guess it's just dependent on the stage manager for that yeah, individual and if, production. And if they're holding the house... The reason behind that is usually that they know they have somebody with the reservation still on their way, potentially. Yeah. yeah, that's the other thing that we didn't cover in tickets. If you've made a reservation and for some reason you can't make it, call the theater, let them know, because they will hold the house for you. They'll they'll hold the opening of the show a lot of the time. Not yeah. every theater, they have different policies. Yeah, sometimes they say you have to be there uh, no later than five minutes before yeah. opening, or we reserve the right to give away your tickets. Yeah, but I mean, reserving the right to do something and actually doing it in practice are two different things, because I know Barley Sheaf has that, but I think they still almost always hold the house. 
if they're expecting someone. Yeah, I think that's generally the uh, yeah. the courtesy that even if you're running late, you, if you ha- if your theater happens, the theater you're going to happens to have a number call and go, hey, I'm going to be about ten minutes late. At least they'll know and they can make the decision whether to hold the curtain for you. Right, and because things other, happen. And the other consideration too is if somebody's there and maybe they're they they. They showed up just by luck to see if something is available, and yeah, they might be waiting to see if you show up. <laughs> yeah, and they might uh, be hoping to scoop in on your tickets if uh, you don't show up. Mm-hmm. So you've gotten into the theater, you've gotten your tickets, you find your way to your seats, or you're shown the way to your seats, or you're grabbing a seat because it's open seating. If it's general admission. Yeah, and then it varies. I guess uh, something once you're in there to think about is comfort levels because. <laughs> Uh, some theaters have air conditioning and some don't. Yeah, the the HVAC climate control that we tend to take for granted, well, because of the facilities that a lot of these theaters are based in, yep. you may not be able to take that for granted. You may have, you may be dealing with a theater that does not have an air conditioning set up. Conversely, you may be dealing with a theater that does not have heating or, set up. Yeah, or at least doesn't have it efficiently. I think the issue, like we're we're. I'm sure both of us are thinking about the the barn, the playhouse. They have heating. However, it is a barn. It is open, and they are not able to efficiently heat the building, so they don't have shows in the winter. Right. It has a loft ceiling. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah, exactly. And until they get a new roof on there, which I believe they're still fundraising for. Right. uh, Because that is a huge expense because it's a large building. It's a big roof. Yeah. It's a big Big roof, large building. Yeah. So their season is adjusted accordingly. It runs from the spring till... Early fall, so that they can yeah, October. I think is usually their last show. But even then, uh, if you're going cold, to yeah. a show that's earlier, late, you know, either the first show or the last show in the season, you may have to dress in layers. You may indeed. I th- I, I want to say I remember hearing a story there once about somebody going into the building in the winter and the water was frozen in the toilet. Well, they have I to. I, win- I think they have to winterize the place. I would assume they do. Yeah, if that's a risk, then yeah, you want to empty that water out. Yeah, I believe they, they have a practice where they have to do that. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah, and then... Well, they don't even, say for the first show of the season opening in the spring, they don't really even rehearse in the building yeah, very much until shortly before mm-hmm. opening. And that's, I think, one of the, you know, other than the heating element or lack thereof or lack of an efficient one, mm-hmm. the uh, running water element is another consideration yeah, it's for that. definitely an issue, yeah. Fortunately, by the time the show opens for the patrons, that's not an issue. You'll have running water yeah, in the toilets definitely and have the running sinks. water and all of that. It just may be a little <laughs> chilly or, yeah. or a little warm because... While they do have air conditioning, it is expensive to run all of that. Yeah, I remember uh, a couple of the shows that I think I uh, worked there that were on really particularly hot summer days. Mm -hmm. I think the air conditioning had a difficult time keeping up. Yeah, I can remember that in in the shows that I directed, and I directed both fall shows to the last show of the season. So even then, it can get hot. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a crapshoot. Yep, exactly. When you only can control it in one way and there are limitations mm-hmm. to how well it can control. And I mean, you're also dealing with buildings that have been converted <laughs> into theaters. So the system that's in place may not be ideal. Cause I know there've been complaints at Barley Sheaf because their, their vents are on the floor in the audience. So you may be there in the middle of the winter where it's 32 degrees out or, or colder, you know, 20 degree day, the heat's going to be blasting and you might be sitting right on top of a huge heating vent. So yeah, I mean, it's an issue. You might want to learn where those are and avoid those seats there, or and you I've, just don't know. Yeah, and I've had the opposite experience uh, sitting in the theater in the house, and if it's a hot day and they've really got the air conditioner cranking and there's a mm-hmm. ton of people, the place is, the house is pretty full, then, yeah, you could 
be sitting right under the air conditioner unit. Yeah. If yeah. it's not duct or work. <laughs> uh, if it's not duct work, if it's, say, a ductless system, you could be right under it, and it's going to be blasting at you. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's a risk. You're... You may have to sacrifice a little comfort. For the good of the uh, yeah. the needs of the many outweigh the needs of you and your lowly seat underneath yes. the air conditioner. <laughs> and you also have to consider that the actors are undergoing a completely different uh. experience than you. So if you're dealing with a hot day and you're a little warm in the audience, imagine what it's like under the stage lights. Yeah. That, it's that's... usually, you know, 20 degrees warmer there. Or backstage where the stage lights aren't, sometimes the buildings aren't well insulated, so I know that's an issue. Like at Barley Sheaf, the stage is super hot and backstage is super cold. Mm. And they only recently put up a, a stud wall with some insulation, and that only helps so much. Wow. Yeah. The things that we take for granted yeah. that you may not be able to. I had, uh, remember, uh, I don't remember if I talked about this before on this podcast, but uh, Shaw's directing at Playcrafters was in the middle of a so really Playcrafters or Stagecraft? Playcrafters. Okay. <laughs> in the middle of a really hot July, and the basically the... Uh, coil in the air conditioning unit froze up and was not working yeah. it was well it was one of those days where it was still probably 80 something degrees at 11 at night that's how hot it was uh-huh. and unfortunately because you know the air conditioner couldn't do anything it was just roasting in the theater i think we had a bunch of people who had to leave at intermission just because it was yeah. really uncomfortable I, I believe that actually happened the last time i directed at uh, barley sheaf we had our our main air conditioner uh died but the advantage there is there are two separate air conditioners at Barley Sheaf. The attic is on a separate system. Mm-hmm. So I think that was still working. So it kind of like made it almost bearable, but horrible on stage. And if you think if you think about it, the guy up in the, the booth up above the stage, it was even worse. Yeah, I can imagine. I think they at least upgraded the HVAC up in that area. But as I recall, at that time, it wasn't particularly great anyway, mm-hmm. even if it was working. Yeah. So you're in the theater. You may or may not be comfortable <laughs> other than the show, because, I mean, you know, we're, we we cover shows so often in this. What might you expect other than the show while you're in the audience? You mean during the show? Well, no, during the show, you're probably going to experience the show. I would hope that's all you're experience, experiencing. If not, then don't we have something about audience etiquette? Didn't we do an episode on that? We did, yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the, the infamous pre-show announcement telling people to silence their electronic devices yeah. and unwrap their noisy candy wrappers, et cetera, et cetera. So you it's, can dive back into our archives and find that one to find out what else you may experience during the show other than the show. But Well, hopefully you won't experience <laughs> those things not. if people heed the requests of yes. the theater. Yes. That said... As we did mention in in that uh, discussion, there is still the possibility that you have to get up and leave the house for some reason. Hopefully it's, you know, a non-trivial reason. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. I think it's a little bit easier to do that in some theaters than others, depending on where the Absolutely. exits are. And depending on setup as well. Exactly. Like, I'm thinking Forge Theater yep. in particular is probably the most difficult arrangement to be able to get up in the middle and get it to the lobby be, yeah. or... So get depending, out of the building uh, or whatever. It, the uh, Forge Theater is a black box, meaning the audience and stage can be placed anywhere within a space. And then you have to, you know, if your audience, you happen to be sitting right next to the lobby, which can happen, then you can sneak out easily. But for example, the show that I directed, you had to literally walk out onto the set and through the set in order to get to the audience area. So if you needed a bathroom in the middle of the show, you were walking through the set. You're going to be only in way the to show. Do it, pretty much. Laughter on the 23rd floor, which I was in there, was mm-hmm. the same way that you could not, you had to basically go through an entrance in the set to yep. be able to get into the house. Yep. 
It, so, it does happen, uh, particularly in black box theaters. Unfortunately, with that arrangement, you were going to become a pretty significant distraction if you did have to get up in the middle of the show. Yeah. Generally, in a proscenium theater with a set audience space, it's going to be a little bit easier to sneak out. Yeah, yeah. But you also never know like how close the bathroom is. You might hear the toilet flush in the, uh, in the house. <laughs> That's a possibility uh, if you're sitting in the back of the house. Yeah. Or if you have to, wherever you're sitting, if you have to let, if five people have to this let you get true. out of your row to get out of your row, it's going to be a distraction. Yeah. Unfortunately. So it's probably best if you can hold it. If you can, yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> sometimes you just can't. Well, you got to go, you got to go. Yeah, yeah. Had too much coffee before the show started yeah. or at intermission. Yeah. And then beyond that, there's, uh, speaking of intermission, there's that to uh, contend with. You've got your lobby area where we talked about concessions already, but there may be other things going on as well. Yeah. It's not uncommon for theaters to do some fundraising, either out in the lobby or even in the house during... 50-50 yeah. raffles are probably the, the yeah, most common. during the periods in between, either right before the show starts or during intermission, they'll mm-hmm. be walking around trying to encourage people to buy tickets. Yeah, and, and uh, generally, well, with a 50-50 raffle, it's you're putting in however much for the tickets, and whoever wins, wins half of that pot, the other half goes to the theater. There's also, like, uh, baskets, that kind of thing, uh, raffle baskets. Yeah, yeah, that's another possibility. I know Barley Sheep's been doing a lot of those lately. Or there may just be, like, a tip jar in the lobby if you yeah. just want to donate to the theater. Yeah, I mean, uh, special projects often get that kind of thing. I know Barley Sheaf, uh was is trying to redo their uh, attic ceiling that's where they store all of their set pieces and props and everything. And that's a, a very old building with a plaster ceiling that is starting to come down on top of everything. So Awesome. Yeah. So they're raising money to get uh, drywall and such put up yeah, there. Yeah, promote that particular yep. project. Yep. Tip jar there for that. And they, yep. uh, they've been doing raffle baskets either for that or just general donations where you'll get people involved with the show that just donate items that maybe they'll do a particular theme that's tied in with the show and... You buy your tickets and maybe win yourself something. You know, that's an interesting idea because uh, if a show's upcoming and maybe they know that they need, the the people involved in production know that they might need certain props, Mm -hmm. that's actually maybe a possible way of seeing if somebody will make a donation of those kinds of props. I never thought of that before. How so? I'm not quite following how that works. Well, if, say, uh, you know, two shows from now or the next show is going to need a particular item that maybe mm-hmm. somebody has to donate that they might need as a prop or something. This just literally occurred to me that mm-hmm. maybe they could like uh, ask for donations, ask for donations from prop. patrons. If mm. they happen to have said items. Yeah, that would work, but that would require somebody to come back again, which obviously you want them to do anyway. Well, yeah, there's yeah. that element. I just, yeah. I just, I didn't, I didn't fully didn't think, think this through, through Glenn. <laughs> This yeah. idea has just literally dawned on me, and maybe somebody's done it before. I don't know. but If you've done it or if you have ideas on how it could work, you can send us an email at podcast at backstage.link. That's right. Yeah. Or you can call us and leave us a message at 267-225-8869. What's that number again? 267-225-8869. Thank you, Glenn. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so now we've gone through uh, the first act of the show we've gone through intermission and the drawing for the 50 50 is probably right at the end of intermission to encourage you to hang around yes indeed do they do those so the way those raffle baskets work you know you'll you'll draw your winner at the end of intermission on closing night do the 50 50s Uh, usually run the whole length of show or is it that's been my experience they'll do a Mm -hmm. 50 50 every night oh a separate 50 50 or the whole thing okay 
Yeah, so the baskets run, uh, run the length of the uh, entire run of the show, whereas the 50-50s will be night to night. Night to night, yeah. Village okay. Players does that. Uh, I believe the barn the also barn, does yeah. a nightly 50-50. Well, because the people are already there. The people who have a vested interest in that particular drawing are there yeah. right at that point. Yeah, I, I guess that's That doesn't make any sense to do it any other way. It's a disadvantage with the raffle basket because you could put in, you buy your tickets opening night and then you won't even know. They'll have to contact you on closing night and yeah. say, hey, you won. Right. Yeah, unless somebody that happens to be there wins, which does happen. Well, probably those raffle baskets are more expensive items anyway. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I'm I don't know what so. it, de- it depends on what people donate for the 50 50, really. They won't you know, have a bigger drawing sales. pool for that, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Now, sometimes, in addition to just seeing the performance the, that they have staged, there may be a lot of theaters will do a talk back mm-hmm. after, say, they'll assign one particular performance during the run of the show to be talk back night. Yeah, generally they won't do that every night. I'm sure there are some circumstances where that's more common and done more often but a lot of theaters that do a talk back will just do it one night where you know the uh the the cast the crew or some of the cast some of the crew will stick behind and uh audiences invited to come and uh, ask any questions it's a they q a yeah basically they'll tell you a little bit about the process and you'll have somebody ask uh, how did you memorize all those lines <laughs> particularly if it's shakespeare they tend to ask that Ugh. somebody does um, no, i've i've attended some talkbacks mm-hmm. and I find occasionally that it can get into some really kind of interesting mm-hmm. uh, sort of either behind the scenes uh, discussion or sort of kind of making a connection to the production um, that you weren't aware of. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if it's something, if it's the kind of thing that interests you, by all means, like seek those out because a lot of times the ones that aren't as good, I feel like audience members are staying because they feel like they're supposed to. They feel obligated. And I would never or, want that. Or it could be that, you know, they came to that particular performance to because they know somebody in the show, but they still want to get to see them after the show. And they yeah. won't be able so to. So they're unless, sticking around until, they, until that's after exactly. the talk back. Yeah. yeah. Although so it can I think, be awkward, but I mean, it's definitely a valuable thing. And when it's good, it's, it's very interesting and really can give you some insight on the shows. I was just going to say, I think sometimes with, if they do a talk back, they may have, say, like five, five, ten minutes between the end of the show and the talkback starting in the event that people want to sneak out. <laughs> well, or, I mean, it, it, <laughs> I'm or, saying that sarcastically, but I mean, I think it's true. If if you don't want to stay, it's good to give them the opportunity. Right. You know, the, you know uh, a family member or a friend coming by maybe can't stay late enough to hang out mm-hmm. and talk back, but they just want to see you. Right. If you're in the show afterward, briefly just talk with you before the talkback starts yeah. up. And in addition to that, there are some theaters that do kind of like a receiving line sort of thing where the cast members will... You know, yeah, Forge has been known for that in particular. Yeah, yeah, I mean, some theaters encourage it, some don't. Forge, I feel like, I, I don't want to badmouth anything, but I, I feel like uh, I've been told that it's required to go okay. back up and, and have that receiving line. I, I think it's awkward when it's required, because then there are a lot of people like just kind of nod and smile at you or go, yeah, nice job. Or, you know, it's great yeah. if you want to be up there, if you know there are people there. That's more like Barley Sheaf. Uh, you know, I'll look at the reservation list. I'll be like, okay, I know these people. I'm going to pop up and just say hi. But I don't like being obligated, at least from an acting standpoint, and I wouldn't want to be obligated from an audience standpoint to have to confront the actors, particularly if it's not a good show. Yeah, if, uh, a little awkward. Yeah. Uh, it's a great. The set looked great. Well, that's the thing, too. Like, mm. as far as the timing of that, uh, in that case with Forge, it's kind of like, you know, that that's where you go right after the show's over. And mm-hmm. if you've been up in stage under those lights, you might be kind of, 
don't stand so close to me. <laughs> yeah, and you're just kind of burned out too. It's uh, yeah, it could be. You know, the last uh, show I did mentally there, exhausting. Absolutely, the last show I did there when I did uh, Out of Sight, Out of Murder, and I had the lead in that, and I was on stage for pretty much the oh, entire yeah. time talking. To have to then go be like, all right, now I gotta go turn on my happy face and greet everybody and have the mask. How did you memorize all those lines? Now I have to <laughs> act pleasant. Yes. Yeah, I'm not that good of an actor. <laughs> So, yeah, that's pretty much the the show experience. You know, we've generally been talking about regular season shows. There are also, like, special productions throughout the year where the experiences may or may not differ. Yeah, in some cases they're not. They uh, might be a special benefit production, which is probably generally pretty similar. Yeah, well, I mean, it could be a benefit. Uh, if, it's a th- if it's a benefit for the theater, if it's right. one of their a special. A benefit performance. Sometimes they'll do a, a, an added performance of a particular show to benefit the theater or to benefit an individual group. We've talked about those in previous episodes. Barley Sheaf does a benefit show usually once a year. Some years they don't have it. That benefits an outside charity. Right, and those are still open to the public. But yeah. But it's kind of built but around raising separate... awareness for that. Exactly, and, and they'll... They also have like a one-act festival. A lot of theaters will have that where the uh, reservation process might be different. Like I know right. Barley Sheaf, I don't think, takes reservations for their one-acts. You just have to, it's just first come, first serve. And if yeah. you sell out, you'll get turned away. Some theater, uh, some theaters have completely, uh, they bring in outside groups maybe who, yeah, who use their they'll, space they'll to rent do out a the performance. Space. Exactly. Uh, a lot of theaters do holiday shows that, may not be part of the regular season. So if you have season tickets, you have to buy a separate ticket to get to that. Village Players is over the past, well, I guess it's been off and on over the past at least decade or so that I'm aware of, but mm-hmm. they will do a like a local film festival hmm. sort okay. of a thing where they'll be showing, usually it's a, on a DVD and projecting it on the screen, but uh, it'll be a local production that was done by people in the area just like a a, a filmed production film yeah it's okay it'd be like an independent film or a no budget film i did not know about and it may involve people who are already also involved with that theater okay in the 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 stage performances that they do very interesting but who also get involved in these they need to publicize uh, publicize that better Let's get somebody on to talk about that. Yeah, it it's sounds been, interesting. Uh, it's been off and on. I <laughs> yeah. some I maybe they skip some years, but it's mm-hmm. been a little bit more regular, I would say, over the last five years or so. Because at least in that case, I know of like one particular person who does a lot of stuff with the theater, uh-huh. who also is heavily involved with making his own films. Well, so he's kind of uh, his name's Steve. He's kind of like the organizer or the, mm-hmm. the main proponent of doing it. Okay, interesting. But other people's, Let's get Steve on. But other people's work will be... Steve, give us well. a call, 267-225-8869. We'd love to have you on the show. Next time I see him, maybe I'll... Uh... But that's kind of really going outside community yes, theater, yes. per se. This is true. This Even is if true. it's interesting in and of itself. Yeah. Well, maybe I just want to talk to him. <laughs> so, yeah, so that kind of pretty much covers everything, right? Oh, there's also, like, a, there are some theaters that have, like, a second stage where they do uh, additional productions. Isn't... Uh, Playcrafters do that. I had to stop so I didn't say Stagecrafters. <laughs> I think Playcrafters has a second stage. I think uh, there's somebody else that does that. That would be in the basement if they do. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they, they'll have like a... They've done I, I, uh, stage... Wanna, stage readings. Readings, yeah. That yeah. Although that, at least when I was involved with it, they would do that on the main stage, except mm-hmm. we'd have to just work around whatever set for whatever show was happening yeah, around yeah. that time or being built. 
I know there's a stage reading coming up at I want to I want to say it's Old Academy Players that uh, a friend wrote a uh, an original script and he has a stage reading that he managed to get in there that they're that they're doing for that. So I mean, uh, you know, Forge, I, I, you did one a yeah, long time sure. ago at Forge. Yeah, yeah. It was that for was, a, uh, a that screenplay. Really, that was a screenplay I had written. We kind of did a stage reading, but that wasn't. I mean, I guess it was technically open to the public for free. Well, but yeah, there was I can't also remember. the. Uh, the improv group that I had there, a lot of theaters will have an improv group in where they'll, uh, you know, sell tickets for that. Yeah, play crafters. Uh, I don't know if they still do it, but they did that at one time. Yeah, there's a group that travels around. I can't think of the name of it off the top of my head that has been at uh, Barley Sheaf and, and a few other places. So, I mean, it does happen. So that's the kind of thing. Check out the websites and you'll see the special productions. I got another one. Village Players this past season for a couple of their membership meetings have been tying in doing a monologue blast. Okay, yeah, we had talked about that when we uh, had the Village Players. That's interview. right, yeah. yeah. So I think they have another one coming up for their next quarterly meeting. They're going to do now it is again. Now, is that open to the public, though, or is that just I believe members? it is, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the bottom line is you got to check the websites and see what, what these special productions are and how you can get uh, involved or just go and uh, see that kind of thing. Yeah, but who's the theaters to try to do a variety of different things, especially things that they can kind of pull together with... I'll say minimal preparation mm-hmm. as compared to mounting a full main stage yeah, production. Yeah, something that requires less rehearsal or outside rehearsal. Right, and something that can kind of fill the gaps in between because if they're yep. only doing four or five or six shows a year, there's frequently a lot of gaps in between. Yep. That's nothing's well, going that's actually, on. Well, that's actually... getting that, income. That makes me think of other things that we haven't mentioned, sort of like kids' shows, teen shows, that kind of thing, are usually uh, separate from the regular season. True, although the the... Experience of going to one of those is fairly similar. Yeah, it is, but it's, uh, again, something else that's not included with your season ticket True. that you have to uh, individually go and get your tickets for. I tend to steer away from those only because I feel like when I'm going to a kid's show, I'm stealing tickets from somebody's grandparents. That's what I feel <laughs> like, yeah. I've, I've helped out with a couple of them. Yeah. So that kind of wraps up our discussion of the audience experience. So next week we'll get back into acting stuff. I'm not entirely sure what we have coming up. Maybe but, talking about a little bit more about friendships in theater. Yep, perhaps that will be next week. Will be theater friendships, unless we mix things up a bit. But that, regardless, we'll you air can, out a sequence. Yes, regardless, uh, you can tune in for that. You can also find us uh, online in the meantime. Our website backstage.link. or email podcast at backstage.link. Our Facebook facebook.com slash the backstage pod. Or on Twitter, at the Backstage Pod. And there's, of course, that number, 267-225-8869. And you can leave us a text message there or a voicemail, and we may use your voicemail in a future episode. As always, if you like our show, please subscribe, please leave a review, please tell a friend. But if you don't like us, please keep all that to yourself. Yeah, we don't want to hear about that. No. Nobody does. We need positive reinforcement. Yes, positive reinforcement would be wonderful. So, until next week on the Backstage Show... I'm Glenn. And I'm Jim. And we'll see you backstage. Bye-bye. Do we uh, want uh, Kermit on this week? I don't think he's invited. Okay, I'm now deaf. I'm sorry. (laughs) Goodness gracious. Great kid. Don't get cocky. (laughs) Hi, I'm Slick. And I'm Haas. And welcome to the Backstage Show. (laughs) (laughs) The Backstage Show with Slick and Haas.
missed it by, by that much. much. Pork chops.